You're listening to the Performance Group Podcast, a place to listen, learn, and get to know the unseen heroes of our local community. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Kirby, and on the Performance Group Podcast, we make it our mission to learn from those around us and shed light on our local community. If you're new to the show, we have spoken to business leaders, community, organizers, friends, and family. And before we jump in today, I hope to ask you for a favor. If you could please just take one second to hit subscribe and share our posts. It would mean a whole lot to me, our team here at the Performance Group, and our amazing guests on today's show. Um, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm out of breath. I felt like I talked for a while there. <laughs> so, um, welcome home. Welcome well, thank back. You. This I'm... is where, you know, I you came and you visited. We talked flowers, and then the next day, Wish TV came out with their story about you. No one listened to our episode and <laughs> watched watch on the news instead. Yeah. Did you plan was... that? No, I did not plan Sorry. that, but it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. So if they wanted to watch that, where would people find that video? It's actually WTHR. Oh, I'm sorry. Wish TV and WTHR. WTHR. Yeah. Carlos Diaz came out. Him and his cameraman, and we, we. It was a. It was a great. We had a lot of fun. It was nervous. You know, I was nervous. I'm a flower farmer, not a TV person. Yeah. It was fun. We had a great time. Yeah. So that was um, almost exactly a year ago, right? Exactly. Oh, because I just... It's I, exactly a year yeah, ago. because I saw mm-hmm. it pop up on my memory. Yep. <laughs> well, fun. So how is the Lick Creek Flower Co. a year we're later? We're good. We are good. We've been busy. We've uh, we've kind of changed the way we're doing things a little bit. Um, last year, we had some deliveries. We did deliveries a couple of days a week, but I found that I was spending a little too much time in the car and not enough time with the flowers. So yeah. we've uh, we've got a flower stand at the house and... Uh, and so we, we make bouquets and, and we, uh, people come out and buy all the time. Yeah. So it's all set up out there. They can pay Venmo or they can leave cash or whatever it is they choose to do. And it's worked out really well. So Well, perfect. So if people wanted to drive by your drive-by stand, what is the precise address of that? 2757 West 1000 South in Pendleton. Easy enough. Easy enough. Perfect. Do you have a nice little stand out there? What made you decide to go the stand route? Well, you know, Who I built mean, your stand? Did you build it? My husband did. My there husband built the stand. You know, I said, I think maybe I'll just try to sell some flowers here, you mm-hmm. know, um, instead of doing deliveries. And, and so he was right on top of it. So it's built and out there and people are pretty used to coming out. You know, they um, seem to enjoy coming out. And every once in a while, we'll walk out there and take a look at the flowers, you know, and, yeah. and see some of the flowers. We don't technically do tours for the most part. And we don't... Um, like we don't have groups. We've been asked to do weddings and things like that, but it is still our private residence. Yeah. So, so you live we, there. So we still live there. It's in our backyard. Please so. ask <laughs> right. before you just start snooping around. Right. At least give me a call. <laughs> Shoot me a Venmo first. Right. Pay to enter. <laughs> right. Well, cool. So, uh, how much bigger is your farm than last year's? Is it bigger? Well, Are you got more is. square footage? More we rows? yes, we do. So last year, this year we have fourteen rows that are 125 feet a piece and then we have a section of sunflowers and then we're building a hoop house too so we'll have another three or four rows in that hoop house so we that's about all i manage by myself so yeah that's good enough how big was it the year before i think we had eight rows oh wow and the year before that we had two and a half rows oh wow so, so you, you've doubled and doubled and doubled we have and quadrupled we have. and doubled my husband says no more because i'm taking up too much of his farmland so yeah <laughs> Yeah, well... He's kidding. Well, he might be. We'll see. 
farming's farming, right? That's it's just right. a different kind That's of right. harvest. Just a different type. <laughs> yeah. So um, you have separate like timelines for harvesting, right? So you don't just go cut flowers every single day. You well, by... I, do, I do cut every day. Okay. I pretty much so cut Monday through Saturday, but I do it early morning. So usually I'm out there usually at 6, but it's, you know, the day days are getting shorter because we're getting closer to fall and closer to winter. Mm -hmm. So I'm usually out there by 6.30 in the morning, and I cut till about 10.30 or 11. You cut flowers for four hours? Yeah, I have a lot of flowers to cut. <laughs> How many will you cut in the morning? Well, it just depends. So normally when I think about making bouquets for people, I already have it in my mind pretty much so what it is I want to put in that bouquet. So it might be dahlias and some zinnias and slosha and, and, you know, mints and that type of stuff. So I already have pretty much so a good idea exactly what I want that bouquet to look like. Um, so we go out there with buckets and we cut and cut and cut and cut. <laughs> so it's fun. So I guess if you do it every day for four hours... How do you even have any flowers left? Oh, there's still a lot of those. So you have two different kinds. Should they kinds. grow after you're done? So, yeah. So there's two different kinds. There's there's what they call cut and come again. So you cut them, they continue to bloom. A dahlia is a perfect example of that. The more you cut a dahlia, the more it blooms. A zinnia is another example. The more you cut a zinnia, the more it blooms. Hmm. A sunflower, a single stem sunflower, it's a, that is a one-time cut. So we cut it, it's done. Now, you can get branching ones that will, you know, rebloom over and over again. But I usually do just a single stem because mm -hmm. when it's done, we pull it, we uh, till up the soil, we compost it, and we put more seed down. So we're continually planting over and over all summer long. Oh, really? We're planting over. It's not How just How many times a, can you get a sunflower to grow in the same spot? Well, it depends on what kind of sunflower you have. So some sunflowers will take, you know... 80 days from the time you plant it as a seed until it matures and blooms. Mm -hmm. Some are 50 days. So it just depends on what type of flower, sunflower you get. So I do the shorter range so that I can plant those seeds. So every, every, like every couple of weeks, you can plant them every week if you want to. And you mm -hmm. know that all summer long, you're going to have flowers, sunflowers. Interesting. I know. I guess like I was thinking more of the corn and beans. You just, you had the one yep. opportunity. Right. You hope it was the best yield. No, it's called secession planting is what it is. So you, uh, Mrs. Um, Burns lemon, for example, it's a basil that smells like a lemony basil. Oh, I thought that was a person. No. Mrs. I, Burns I lemon, was she, was she a teacher you had in school? <laughs> no. Was she a botanist? Maybe. 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 They named a flower after her. <laughs> so, but that specific flower, so I, it will, you cut it. And as you cut it, it will rebloom from down below, you know, lower at the base of the plant. It'll so I will plant two or three sections of that. So when I kind of cut the first section and I cut a lot of it and used a lot of it, mm -hmm. I let it rest and I move on to the second section. And then as the, as I'm doing that, by the time I'm got that done, the first section's already halfway regrown itself. So then I move to the third section. And then the second section's already started to regrow again. So it's a continual, a constant. So I'm able to use it over and over and over again. Yeah. So most of my stuff, I'd say 50% is a one-time bloom and 50% is probably a cut and come again. So. Gotcha. I'm just trying in my brain to like wrap my head around like an aerial view of what your farm looks like so I can understand that. But it sounds like it's working. Yeah. It sounds like it's you've got bad. a good little rotation yeah. almost. And the key is to not get, you can get caught up in weeding and doing that kind of stuff. And weeding doesn't make you any money. True. Growing flowers makes is what makes you the money. True. So, 
you know, you have to be careful to not get too caught up. And everybody has this vision of a flower farm as this perfect field of blooms everywhere with the birds and the butterflies mm -hmm. and Snow White. It's it exactly. And that's really not not exactly how it is. There's a lot of weeds, there's a lot of bugs, there's things you're constantly combating at all times. You yeah, know? and then it's been really dry the last it's month. Been How, dry. Do you water yours? We have irrigation set up, so everything is, I've, I just turn the, the the pump on and it waters it waters everything at night. Oh, wow. So I don't have to do, I the first year we did it, I drug hoses around and hand water everything. I found out that does not work. You know, with two rows, it might work. Right. 14? It does not. Yeah. <laughs> you need a lot of people out there right. with separate hoses. Doesn't work. It's much easier just to flip the little switch and it starts watering. Yeah. So. Smarter, not harder. Yes. Work smarter, not harder. <laughs> yeah. So this is season number three? This is season number three. Oh my goodness. How many seasons are you going to do this? Well, you know, I told myself I'd give it five years to see if it's profitable. Okay. And if it's not profitable, then we'll talk something else. But yeah. so far, I mean, I'm pretty happy with it, but I've been changing it consistently. Mm -hmm. I'm always doing something different. So, um, Still having fun? Yeah, still love it. It's great. I really do. Cut I really flowers four hours a day sounds exhausting. It is tiring. There's a, it's a lot of work. It's a lot. It's a lot of hard work. A lot yeah. of sweat and tears. And yeah, bug some bites. You've been sent by any bees this year? Uh, uh, sweat bees continually. Yeah, I have bug bites. Yeah, you can't not be a flower farmer and not have some bug bites. <laughs> Badge of honor. I know. You right. went to a flower convention. Everybody be showing off their bug bites. <laughs> hey, look at that one! Wow, that's a good one. That's right. Yeah, that's how you know it's like cauliflower for wrestlers. Yes. That's how you know that you, you actually done done did the thing. That's right. But yeah, we're always, you know, there's always something new. So this year, one of the concerns this year, well, we haven't, you know, it's been so hot. Now, it's been and really even, hot. even for flowers that really like direct sunlight, you know, this humidity has been really rough on everything. So, uh, you know, you're always working toward, you know, um, trying to control problems and pest problems sometimes when it gets really hot and the plants get stressed that's when pests can move in and they can kind of wipe out an entire section so you're trying to stay on top of all of that on yeah. top of planting and cutting and making bouquets and yeah so but this year one of our big concern this year is that there are army worms in indiana as of this point in time what's an army worm an army worm it's basically it's a moth and the moth lands wherever there's grass and she lays her eggs, and then those eggs turn into this, it almost looks like a caterpillar type, hmm. but it's not. And it can ravage, within 24 hours, it can wipe out a lot. Really? Yeah, Georgia, Nevada, um, Ohio has them. I guess in Georgia, it's been really bad in Georgia. And they've been spotted in Indiana, in southern Indiana. And I know a, a, another flower farmer, they, they've had a few issues with them as well, too. But it's all over the place. And I've had some as well. I found some the other day. So. How do you combat those? Well, th that's that's the problem, you know. Uh, um, there's different things you can spray that you can use. And I, I'm not certified organic, but I try not to spray anything that is not an organic product. Yeah. Just because I'm working it all day long. Yeah. So... Um, but anyways, there's BT, there's, um, uh, Dipple, there's different things that you can buy to spray. The key is that it has to be sprayed when that larva is in pupa stage, when it's in that pupa stage. Um, once it starts to get to the mature phase of the, of the insect itself, 
you can't, it's a little harder to control. Cockroaches, you can't kill them. Nuclear yeah. bomb. Yeah. It's a little rough. That's an option. Yeah. Nuclear bomb. How it's hard true. can that be? Yeah, you're right. But yeah, so but it, uh, they eat, they can eat yards, they'll eat grass. So sometimes, I mean, it'll just, it, they'll So get, I assume we with, don't get hit these by very, very often, we right? Do, well, here's the deal. So most of the time, by the time winter gets here, yeah, they go into the ground, the, the, the worm itself will go down into the ground where it stays for the winter because they'll continue to, I mean, they continue to lay eggs over and over and over. And as it gets cold, it goes into the ground where it's kind of dormant, right? Mm-hmm. The problem is, is we haven't had a cold enough winter. Last year was not a cold enough winter. And so it didn't kill them. Mm-hmm. So they have reemerged with it, with the vengeance. But they'll wipe out soybeans. They'll wipe out corn. Oh, wow. They'll wipe out grass. They'll wipe out yards. So I do know that. And they can be controlled if you do it at the right time. So, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a... Those it's dark a, army worms. I'm telling you, you just never know. <laughs> yeah, you, there's always an enemy there's in flower farming. Somebody's something. after you. But you know, I I I put a lot of insects into um, the garden. I introduce insects. It's native to our area, so it's not like I'm bringing in a bug that is not something yeah. that we don't already have here. It's just I may not have it at that time. So um, like ladybugs and praying mantis and things like that. Where do you get your bugs? You get a bug so guy? there's a company, yeah. There's a company <laughs> that you can buy from, literally, um, and you uh, you can just go on there. They have Are all crickets bad? Because of... I've got a, a million crickets right now in my house, and I don't I, know why there's so many No crickets. problem with crickets, but oh. grasshoppers are a problem. Okay, grasshoppers. so maybe that's the difference. I don't know the difference. The brown ones. Are those crickets? Yes. I've got a cricket problem. You've got a I don't know if you if they're bad for you. No, you no. got problems with grass, grasshoppers. No, we do have grasshoppers, but I try to balance, you know, there a little bit. You gotta have you gotta have some bad insects to maintain the good insects. Mm-hmm. So if you introduce ladybugs into your garden and you don't have any bad bugs for her to eat, then she leaves and goes someplace else. So it's kind of a balancing act. You gotta have a little bit of both. So, so why do you introduce bugs to your garden, and should the average gardener? You this? can't. Well, you can, but for what I like my do, grandma, I grow, my grandma really likes. Does she? To, yeah, should sure, she I have that? Well, you can. I mean, anybody can do it. You can I'll, order them online anytime. I'll, I'll buy her some ladybugs. There you go. She might like that. Yeah, she really might like that. Who knows? So, but but basically, when you introduce them into the garden, they eat. It depends on what you're looking for. If you know that you have aphids, and you know that ladybugs eat aphids, then you buy some ladybugs, and they'll go through and they'll. Clean those suckers right out. What's an aphid? It's just a nasty little bug that did, it basically attaches itself to the stem of a flower. Okay. And it sucks the juice out of that flower. It just takes everything out of that flower and they just, they're dead. It's crazy how much you know about bugs. I know. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's part of it. It is. It is. It really is. It's part of it. Did you think you would know as much about bugs as you do now when no, you got into flower farming? I'll tell you, I still, there's a lot about, there's sometimes I look at them, I'm like, I have no idea what that is. So I'm researching, trying to figure out what it is and is it good? Is it bad? And I have a book that's a good and bad insect and that helps a lot too. So you know. same with your flowers. Do you have a pretty good eye for naming every single flower you can look at? Oh yeah. Well, for the ones that I grow what anyways. What are these? That's seeded eucalyptus. It's plastic. It is plastic, <laughs> but that's what it is. Wow. <laughs> I did. I thought it was aloe vera. So no, it is not. <laughs> I knew it was plastic. I knew it was fake. That's that part. I at least. Know. I kind of gathered that too. Looks good though. Yeah, it's <laughs> consistently the same every sure. day. And absolutely, you don't have to water it. Yeah, that's <laughs> the kind of things that we need in our house. 
So, um, flower farm in year three. Gonna do it until it stops being fun. Oh, this is fun. So you brought some family members into this this year, right? Yes. Need a little bit extra summer help? A little summer help. Both of my grandkids came in, Braden and Brinley. Mm -hmm. Both came in and helped. And my granddaughter, she's got that, you know, we do that soil blocking. That's how we we germinate all our seeds. We we plant them through soil blocks. And uh, she's really good at it. She's got that down. Got that down to a science. So. Yeah, and the soil blocks for people that don't know what that is, um, Tracy explains it in episode six. Um, she actually brought in her little device last time too. So back to you. <laughs> gotcha. So anyway, so the kids, you know, come in. They help me plant, and uh, this spring, uh, Braden and Brinley and Emma came in and helped me pull tulips. We planted fifty five hundred tulips last. And those October. are one shot. Those are one shot. So we planted those, and then the kids came in and helped wrap them, helped sell People them. People love tulips. We sold 5,000 tulips in nine days, and they were gone. How many tulips are in a package? A ten. Wow. So we, we got rid of a lot. So this fall, so next month, in the middle of next month, I'll be planting again. Tulips. And, yes, just tulips. We'll be planting tulips. and So they go in the ground in the fall to bloom come spring. Oh, makes sense. And so we'll plant, we've got 10,500 to get into the ground this fall, next month. Hot dog. So I know it's a lot, but I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. Next spring, it's just going to be... It's going to be busy. Yeah. Between that and pennies and, you know, so we've got some ranunculus, some other things, anemones, some other things are going to grow too. So, yeah. So we're going to have a busy spring, I, I hope. Anyways. Oh, yeah. You'll so, gear up all winter. Yeah. Be sitting in there shadow boxing like yeah, Rocky, getting I'm ready. ready for I'm your... I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> It's nice that you kind of get a break in the winter, right? Well, sort of. I mean, that's when I do a lot of research. Well, I so, guess you're going to have the hoop house, too. We'll have the hoop house, so we, the, which we won't do much over the winter okay. until early in the year. Like, you know, by February, I'll start planting some things in it. February, March, we'll start getting some things out. So we plant cool season, what they call cool season flowers. So those are flowers that have to go in the ground. They need cold in order to get their root system to grow deeper. So like blue plarum and um, larkspur and delphinium, um, those are planted. I plant some in the fall and then I plant some in the spring. And so the roots will get so deep. And then once summer gets here, you know, they've already, they already start blooming. They bloom early. Mm -hmm. And then when summer gets here, they kind of, I don't want to say go dormant, but they kind of slow down a little bit because they don't like the heat as well. And then I usually cut that kind of stuff back. And then come fall, um, then when it cools down again, mm -hmm. like now, they kind of rejuvenate themselves. Not all of them, but snapdragons do that, and lisianthus does that. So there's a couple couple of flowers that they do You know that. what's absolutely amazing? What? Um, I don't know how many different types of flowers you've said since you've been in here, <laughs> but I don't think you've repeated one. No, we grow probably, I don't know, maybe 85 different types yeah, of flowers. Yeah, yeah I bet probably. you've said 70. <laughs> I'm sitting over here, I'm just going to like, like I wonder if like when I talk about in church, people literally think the same thing. They're just like, I don't know what any of these words mean. Talking about. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So we do, you know, and I keep a list, I keep a journal. Yeah. So you use, you use all different 85 types and different types of like uh, bouquets and things? Oh yeah. We, we do mixed ones. Most of the time, most customers like a mixed bouquet. They like to, to look at it at the different flowers yeah. in it and like to kind of dissect it almost, you know, as opposed to like one bunch of one specific flower. I I personally have found that most people like a nice mixed bouquet. 
but um, but I keep a journal on everything, so I kind of know um, you know what did good, what did poorly, what was too much work with not enough profit. Yeah, I couldn't. So how do you even gauge the profit if you're spending four hours a day? I mean, just from like a business person, like well, trying to you do know, the math. I mean, that's and that is that is part of the challenge. You know, I have to incorporate everything into when I sell a bouquet. I have to incorporate my cost of everything. Labor is the toughest thing to even think about if you're working. You've got labor. You've got uh, your sticker, your paper that you know sleeve that wraps your flowers. You've got a vase. You've got your soil. You've got your electricity. Mm-hmm. You've got um, like our water com- costs. Water costs. I mean, there's there's all kinds of factors. You can't just look at a bouquet and say I'm going to charge twenty dollars for that bouquet. Yeah. You have to kind of know per stem. You have to incorporate all of that so that you can come up with a price per bouquet per stem. Yeah. And it's not always easy to do. Sometimes that's difficult to do. But um, has it gotten easier in your third getting, year? Yeah, it's getting it's More getting easier. Yes. Attempts. And I take classes. So in the wintertime that's a, what I do a lot is I take different classes on teaching you how to make sure that you're it, it's gotta be a profitable business. Yeah. It has to be a profitable okay. business. That's why that's if, why we're in business. That's right. And if you got a flower farm and you're not making any money at it, then you just have an exceptionally expensive hobby. Quite. So, <laughs> yeah. right. That's a lot of work. So, um, so I take classes a lot in the wintertime to prepare me for that kind of stuff and make sure that I, you know, you do spreadsheets. There's all different types of things that you can do to kind of help keep you on track. But, uh, but yeah, and I, and I, I take classes on, you know, specific types of flowers and how to grow things in a hoop house and, and, you know, so there's all kinds of classes you can take. So I do a lot of that in the winter. Plus I order all of my Usually by Christmas time, I already know everything that I'm planting for the next year. I already have it all planned out and I already know. Have you always been a big planner in life? You're not much of a procrastinator? No, not really. I usually, if I know it needs to be get done, I just do it. Of course, in the flower industry, you know, when you're out there and I see all these flowers that need cut, plus things need deadheaded all the time. Do you know what that is? No. Okay. <laughs> do I know what that I is? I knew you would say no. <laughs> I've got three three flowers in my whole like yard, and they're all uh, black-eyed Susans. Oh, well, yeah, sure. And they're brown. They're brown <laughs> currently because we haven't then had much Then you're not rain. deadheading your flowers, my dear. So do I need to pull the dead part out? Is well, that what deadheading sort is? Sort of. You're it's, sort of right. Explain yes. that to me. Okay. So basically, it's going to a section that is already so a flower it goes is in two stages it's either in bloom stage where mm-hmm. it's blooming and and giving you that nice beautiful pretty flower or it goes into seed okay. so like a zinnia for example a zinnia will bloom and it's beautiful and then if you leave it long enough it goes into seed production instead of flower production mm-hmm. so if you cut that off you know unless you're growing it for seed if you want it to rebloom you cut Just it cut off no, I normally on mo- almost everything that I cut, I, I follow that down until you have a basically a Y, mm-hmm. and I cut that center stem completely out and just get rid of it. And then what that does is it forces those two side shoots to come back, to come back up, and then you'll have two blooms hmm. come up here instead of just the one single. But deadheading is just cutting off spent blooms. Basically, it is is all it is. And the more you do that, for most plants. For a cut and come again, mm-hmm. if you do that consistently, they'll continue to rebloom until they just kind of. That way? You can cut a black-eyed Susan back, and it will rebloom. But if you don't cut some of that dead off, it's not going to. Yeah, because it's trying to repair okay. what is already there. So cut it off and get rid of it, and it'll regenerate a new flower. Well, I guess I know what I'm doing. Now I you get know home what you got to do tonight. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> 
So, um, for people that are listening just this second episode did not go back to the first one, um, uh, my guess is they don't know what you did prior. Um, you were in the ICU, correct? No, I actually was a resource nurse, okay. a registered nurse, um, and I floated throughout the hospital to work whatever department they were short, okay. a nurse at that time. So, yeah, yeah I so did that. So, you were a jack-of-all-trades, master Ooh, of none? Yeah, pretty much so. That's what they call us. Yeah. Yeah, so, but it was a good gig because you got to see something new every time you went into work. I might work surgery. I might work the ortho-progressive trauma unit. I might work med-psych, you know. You might work neuro, just yeah. wherever they need you. So. Do you think that's prepared you for what you're doing now in a preparation standpoint because you never know what you're going to do? Or you never know what you're going to get into? You never know what you're going to run into, yes. So just like with bugs, mm -hmm. you know, it's the same way with the nursing profession. You never know what's going to happen that day. Hopefully nothing bad, but things do uh, turn south occasionally, mm -hmm. and you got to be prepared for that. And it's the same way with flowers, you know. you 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 Everything looks great, and two days later you come out and you've got a fungus growing on a flower. So, and you're like, oh, that's going to take over this whole section if I don't get it under control right now. So my priority then is to stop cutting and start taking care of that. Otherwise, if I let the fungus go within a week's time, it just spreads. Preventative to, medicine. Yes, preventative, preventative medicine. Preventative medicine, people. Yes. Work out. Eat healthy. Buy flowers from a local <laughs> flower market. Yes. Flower farmers. Right? <laughs> That's right. Preventative medicine. That's Flowers right. make people happy. They do make people happy. Absolutely. I heard that a lot this spring, you know, and I heard that last year too when COVID first started. And I talked to um, to customers that would come out and buy tulips. And uh, they said, you know, it's just been a long winter and everybody's, you know, afraid of this whole COVID, vac you know, a virus and um, so I'm going to buy tulips for my neighbor just because I know she's oh, kind of down in the, yeah. down in the mouth a little bit, you know, just everything. She hasn't seen her kids and, you know, so it, it yeah, kind of, yeah. Rewarding. Yeah. That's so. what it's about. So as we, uh, today is September 1st, right? Yes. So, um, I don't really know much about flowers after tulips. Um, so what, what's your popular ones right now? What are people looking for and what do you have available if they so, were to drive by your house. <clears throat> so normally at this point in time, we have more our fall. It's kind of a fall look pretty much. So I'm thinking mums. It's the only thing I can think well, of. Well, yeah, mums. I don't, I do have some mums. School not a lot, sells but mums. A few. Let, right. Let, buy from the kids. Right. There's a lot of children out there selling mums. That's that's right. They are. And mm -hmm. I did buy from uh -huh. some of the kids too. So Proceeds go back to some sport, I'm sure. That's right. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of dahlias. We have dahlias and we have slosia coxcomb. Um, a variety of those types and different colors, mm -hmm. uh, but d people love dahlias. They don't last as long as a lot of the flowers that I sell. Um, maybe four, maybe maybe five days, but they are beautiful flowers. They just don't last terribly long. Yeah. So it's you enjoy them while they're there, but boy, you can't get past those cafe lays and those real creamy colors. So those the dahlias are another example of a flower that is a little more expensive for me to grow and to the customer as well because they are magnets for bugs. bugs Temperamental. Oh, don't bugs. last very long. They don't, but, but they're, they're so, beautiful. They're so beautiful. It's like that girl at the dance. You yes. Have a chance with. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I married one. You did. Uh-huh. I married you the girl did. at the dance. You did. Um, but anyway, so, <laughs> so I spend a lot of time with the dahlias, you yeah. know, um, I, do organza bags. So what I do is when that dahlia produces a bud, 
Once it gets to be so big, right before the petals open, mm -hmm. I take an organza bag, I slip it over the top, and I tie it. And I do that because it's it's permeable. So the sun, it gets sunlight, yeah. plus I'm watering it. And as it opens, then the bugs can't get to the to the bloom. And Interesting. So what happens with a dahlia? It's a bud, and then as it starts to open a little bit, it almost makes a little hole in the center. And before that flower is even popped open one bloom, a bug can go right down into that little hole. And then when it opens up, it's the bloom is already just ravaged by yeah. bugs. It's already all eaten up. So literally, I have 350 dahlias, and each one of them probably has, I don't know, on the average, I would say, three, four to five blooms per plant. Mm -hmm. And I have organza bags on all of them. So you look out there in the flower field and there's these little white bags on the blooms. Of that sounds all like of something you learned the hard way the first year. I did. The first year I did them, I, I was in love with them. I, these are the most beautiful flowers. And like 48 hours later, they were had holes from every bug, just ravaged them. Yeah. They just looked terrible. And then I can't sell them like that. So. No. And the tubers, they're tubers is what they are. Um, that's what you plant in the ground. And they're expensive. So, um, yeah, so I learned the hard way after that first year that this is that doesn't work. So I uh, take that time to go around. I walk through them every single day, and I bag. Every time I see a bloom, I bag it. If one of them is ready to cut, we cut it. If one of them has already been attacked by a bug, I just cut it off and get rid of it because it's a cut and come again. So if there's one that's, the yep, I just want the next flower to come, so I cut it off and get rid of it. So What do you yeah. do with your excess? We have a compost pile. No. So goes right back into it. Yep. It's a circle. It's a circle. It's a circle. Life is a circle. Yep. Circle of life. Absolutely. So it sounds like things are going well. Yeah. Having yeah. Fun. We're enjoying Towards it. the end of the season. Now that we, I would say the hard part's behind you. I well, assume that. Sort of. So we've got, uh, we will be done at the end of September. The end of this month will be our last because usually by. October, the 1st of October, we don't, you know, most of this stuff is usually spent by that time. You know, mm -hmm. it's not really, um, it's not really ready. You know, it's not really sellable anymore. Um, but then our work begins too. So then we have to cut everything down. We have to, um, till everything up and we put compost down and we prepare it for winter. Mm -hmm so that it's ready for me in spring. So our work, work really, we've got, yeah, weeks of work to do after we get done. Preparing for after the next season. After every, yeah, just to get ready for the next season. So it's a lot of work. But um, but we try to do it in the fall. So then in the spring, because it starts raining in the spring, you can't get out there and plant. So you can't move dirt. You can't move your soil. You can't dump compost when it's soaking wet with rain. So um, we do it in the fall. Yeah. So we're all ready. Also feels like you learned that from a prior year. Uh Yes. When I waited and waited and waited and couldn't get soil, couldn't get soil, couldn't get it dumped. It was just too wet. Yeah. You can't till when it's wet. Yeah. So, because it just compacts your soil and just makes your soil a lot harder and you want light, fluffy dirt soil. Yes. Good dirt. Well, cool. Well, um, so if people want to find uh, Lit Creek Flower Company today to, they've got 30 days to buy flowers yeah. uh, ish. Um, what's the best way for them to do so if they don't swing by your house or they can get look a hold on our they can look on it. We have a Facebook page, yes. we have an Instagram page, um, we have both, and then we have a website as well under Lit Creek, 
Lick Creek Flower Company. They can look us up there. And there's an order form on that as well. And my our our number is on there as well um, that they can always text. A lot of customers will text and just say, hey, I was thinking about a bouquet tonight. Would you have one tonight? And this, sometimes they sell out pretty quickly in the morning. So, And I'm totally fine with customers calling or texting or whatever and asking if they can... You know, if I can reserve them a bouquet. Yeah. So, yeah. They ask availability. Oh, perfect. So, yeah. Well, Tracy, thank you for being You're um, welcome. being on again, explaining a bunch of things that I apparently didn't remember from before, or I just relearned, <laughs> or there's just more information. Well, that's all right. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you again so much for your love and support of the Performance Group Podcast. For more information on the podcast, the Performance Group, or even our guests, feel free to reach out directly via our website, performancegroupindiana.com, or feel free to email me directly, which is sean at performancegroupindiana.com. We'll see you guys next week.